This is Adam Pye promoting homosexuality. Being gay is good. Be gay, do crimes. Hello folks and welcome to This Podcast is Queer. I'm Adam Pye and I use he, him pronouns. And I'm Ethan and I use he, him pronouns as well. And this week we're going to be looking at uh, LGBT history for LGBT History Month. We are going to focus mainly on British history because, well, we're both English. And it's what we know. (laughs) We would like to cover a broader scope of like places and the actual history covering other areas of the world at some point. But for now we are just going to focus on British history. So, um... What are we going to discuss first? We're going to go in chronological order and acts. And... We do have a lot of points to cover because we have like, tried to cover a broad range of subjects that have contributed towards our rights and uh, equality becoming more prevalent in England over the years. We aren't a perfect country, but we are pretty lucky. I think I'm pretty lucky to have been born in England. And... Yes, definitely. Yeah. And um, at the end, we'll discuss why LGBT history matters. Because it does matter, and I feel like it needs to be discussed more. Yeah. Okay. Well, what's the first point we'd like to talk about, Ethan? Um, the death penalty. Oh, when in, was that? Um, so the death penalty in England and Wales was abolished in 1861. This was known as the Budgery Act, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, the Budgery Act. Yeah, the Budgery Act. Before that, it was completely illegal to be a homosexual man in England. I don't think lesbians or any other wider array of sexuality genders were legally recognised, though, of course, it probably wasn't considered uh, fantastic. Yeah, and it was um, basically the Budgery Act of 1533 was passed by Parliament during the reign of Henry the... By Henry the Eighth, and <laughs> and this is the first um, time we see a law um, in law that men having sex with men being targeted uh, by the government. Yeah, I do remember specifically um, looking into LGBT history at one point and reading that Queen Victoria did not create a law uh, making lesbianism illegal because she just simply believed that it wasn't a thing and you know that's something we do see a lot today just gal pals just gals being pals a lot of people don't recognize lesbians i'm sorry lesbians we (laughs) recognize you you're valid hey and have you got anything between then and 1885 nope the first thing i have pops up in 1951 so, in 1885, um, the Offensive Gross Indecency was created, which, um, all across the UK. Right, so, um, my next um, point is the decriminalisation of homosexual acts. Is, When's you, that? That is, in England and Wales, 1967. Oh, buddy, I've got a whole lot to cover before then. Okay. So, in 1915... In 1951, Roberta Coswell was the first British trans woman to undergo sexual reassignment and have her birth certificate changed in England, which, when you think about it, that was a hell of a long time ago, considering all of the acts that we're about to cover and all of the different things that have become legal or illegal over time. So it is really important to note that that is a huge turning point, because before that, no sexual reassignment surgeries. 
than in Britain. In Britain. In 1954, the Wolfton Committee was formed after a, a bunch of uh, well-known men were convicted for indecency, and that really called into question the legitimacy of the law, and they went on to publish a report in 1957 recommending that homosexual acts and behaviour between two consenting adults in private should no longer be considered a, com- a criminal offence. Um, this was supported. Uh, this recommendation was supported by a bunch of people, including the Archbishop, Archbishop of Canterbury, and the British Medical Association. Despite it being rejected ultimately by the government, uh, the Homosexual Law Reform Society was a campaign that was founded for the legalization of same-sex relationships in nineteen fifty-eight. And in 1963, the Minorities Research Group became the UK's first lesbian social political um, journal or magazine that is still published today. And it was published like a monthly journal and it was known as Arena Free. In 1964, the Northwestern Homosexual Law Reform Committee was founded to promote legal and social equality for LGBT folk in uh 1966 a trans support group known as the Beaumont Society was founded to provide information and like medical and legal uh, um, education to uh, about what was then known as transvestism which is like the first real um, legal or like social group that was founded to help um, trans folk. Yeah, it also shows how language develops over time, but yeah. we no longer use that sort of language. I would be very offended if somebody called me a transvestite. <laughs> um, so in 1967 in England and Wales, um, it, it, there was the Decriminalisation of Homosexuality Act, which was um, only for two men over the age of 21 and in private, so it still wasn't equality and it wasn't yeah it's basically you can be gay but you can only be gay in super secret in your house yeah and i have some more on that people would still go and uh, people would still frequently be imprisoned if they were considered to be like soliciting or looking for a homosexual hookup in public like if you went out to a bar and you met a guy you couldn't just go back with him because you could be arrested for that yeah, so that was the Sexual Offences Act which, um, um, in England and Wales. And then in Scotland, consensual acts between men was de- decriminalised by the Criminal Ju- Justice Act in 1980. But before then... 1980? The s- yeah. Yeah, 1980. But before then, the Stonewall riots uh, were happening in America. I know that this isn't technically British history, but that did offset a lot of different things that were to come in England, it was like really a triggering point for a lot of things that have happened since then. So when was Stonewall riots? 1969. All right. And then in 1970, the London Gay Liberation Front was established and that was the first like parallel movement to the US and it was based on revolutionary politics. Yeah. In 1970, Carbert, the Carbert, it was a divorce case that um, later would establish precedent that a person's sex can't legally be changed from what is assigned at birth. Which is bullshit. It is bullshit, but <laughs> there you go. I mean, it was 1970. Oh, in 1971, the Nullity of Marriage Act was passed, and that was the first law that really explicitly banned same-sex marriages between uh, individuals in the United Kingdom. Yeah, up until then, was it technically not illegal? 
Technically, no. It was the first thing that really set in stone that it was not all right. And in 1972, the first Pride March was uh, held in London, and that had approximately 2,000 guests. If you think about how huge it is now, it's clear to see how much we have grown as a community since 1972. Okay, in 1972, Gay News, Britain's first gay newspaper, was founded. And, like, all these little things might, like, be considered irrelevant just, like, individually. But if you think about it, it just shows how much uh, gay rights and LGBT rights as a whole has snowballed and how it's gone from being something nobody discussed and nobody believed and it was disgusting to something where it has a prominent newspaper that goes around and people can share it. And I just... Uh, as well um, about it snowballing it's like you constantly hear from older um, gay people and older LGBT people about how they never expected to see like gay marriage happen in their lifetimes and stuff whereas we I think we kind of grew up with the idea well yeah of course it's gonna happen and that just shows how quickly things have actually come along I mean I remember being uh, in high school and being terrified and thinking oh everybody's gonna hate me if they find out and like it was used as an insult and like I thought I was a lesbian for a long time and I just remember this one girl turning to me and saying oh give it up we all know you're a lesbian and I was terrified because I hadn't actually realized anything then and you know to go from that to me being like oh yeah I'm gonna be as visible as I can be because I'm proud of myself it just shows how much attitudes towards it has changed even in our lifetime. I mean, I'm only 21. Yeah. In 1974, Maureen... I am not going to be able to pronounce that last name. Carl mm. Kwan, I'm probably butchering that, sorry, came out as the first lesbian member of parliament. In 1954, Stephen Whittle, a trans man and prominent activist, co-found the Manchester-based group TV slash TS, and that's a group of trans people, a lot of groups and organisations and media outlets, obviously, again, snowballing over time, making things like more visible to people, which is fantastic. Oh, the first, and like moving on from that first national TV slash TS, which stood for transvestite trust slash transsexual conference, which is obviously an outdated term now, was held in Leeds. Which is interesting because... I'm from Leeds and yeah, to Leeds a lot. <laughs> yeah, Leeds is quite close to us and a lot of the groups and organisations that we are a part of run through Leeds. Yeah. And so it's In amazing. 1975, the Liberal Party became the first UK political um, party to support LGBT rights, passing a motion um, at conference to support full equality of homosexuals, including equalising and equalizing the age of consent which actually doesn't ha- didn't happen until a lot later it's a lot of slow burning but as you can see we've gone from not having barely any points in the 50s to here's the 70s so 70s was a big time in england for the lgbt rights also um, going back to how quickly things moved on we've gone from like it homosexual homosexuality being legalized to um, like people trying to make it more equal for yeah like equality. like actually giving us an equal footing by saying hey maybe if a 21 year if two 21 year old men like love each other and are consenting in their own home then maybe we shouldn't like arrest them and murder them maybe we should like let them be and we've gone from that to like Oh, people should be able to be visible people should yeah be having like prominent LGBT 
media and culture and like really establishing ourselves as people. Um, the Gay Christian Movement was founded in 1976 and um, they had their first public meeting at Sir John Caskill in the city of London, which again is a huge, huge thing because like uh, there is still tension between religious groups and LGBT folk and a lot of people think that they can't coexist when quite clearly they can and have done for a long time. Uh, in 1977, the first Gay and Lesbian Trades Union Congress conference takes place to discuss workplace rights. Um, yeah. 1977, the... a campaign for homosexual equality conference Amnesty International is called upon to take upon the issue for the prosecution of lesbians and gay men. In 1977, a bill urged to reduce the age of consent to 18 is defeated in the UK House of Lords. So again, while it was recommended and campaigns were undergoing, it was still something that was seen as not, like, we weren't there yet. Yeah. In 1979, the founding of the Harry Benjamin International Gender Dysphoria Association took place. Uh... Now it is known as the World Professional Association for Transgender Health. Um, in 1980, sex between two men over the age of 21 in private was decriminalised in Scotland. Was that before England, then? No, England was in 67. Oh, shit, yeah, sorry, I'm not paying attention. Just please cut <laughs> it's, that out. <laughs> it's funny because you will see, actually, that um, at first, um, England and Wales like decriminalise a lot of things before Scotland and then when you get into the two thousands Scotland is actually like doing things before England and Wales. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. In nineteen eighty a British documentary called A Change of Sex was aired on the BBC following the medical and social transition of Julia Grant, who unfortunately passed away last month. She is quite a prominent trans activist for people in the UK as she was the first person to really go public on it and actually have that part exposed about her. Yep. In 1980, the first black gay and lesbian group was formed in the United Kingdom. Yeah. In 1981, a landmark court case was um, f- was founded in North Ireland, which actually found that the criminalisation of same-sex acts violates the European Convention of Human Rights, even though it is still illegal in many other places apart from Europe. So, human rights violations are currently going off around the world, in my opinion. Well, it's not an opinion, it's a fact. In, in, in my fact. <laughs> yeah, it sounds a little bit... Yeah, in my fact, I find that... <laughs> Yeah. In actual fact. In actual fact. <laughs> the first case of AIDS in the UK was found in 1981 and it was recorded in a, 90, a 49-year-old man who was admitted to Brompton Hospital in London. He later died 10 days later. So in 1982, um, homosexual offences uh, are decriminalised Sex between two men over the age of 21 in private in Northern Ireland. So, again, like, not everything became legalised yeah. at the same time in the UK. After the Ladmar case, it was, no, yeah. The... In 1983, the UK Crown Dependency Gursey decriminalised sex between two men. And in 1983, two men who have sex 
uh, were asked to not donate blood because of the AIDS crisis. This is something that is still going on today. Gay men, people who've participated in anal sex in the last 12 months can't donate blood. six months. In the last six months can't donate blood in England. I could be wrong, by the way. Which is ridiculous because they still test them all blood for HIV. So it's really, yeah, I have a lot of opinions about that. Also, my question is, what about trans men who have sex with men or trans women who have know. sex? I don't know. I think that's just, yeah. In 1983, the UK's first national gay and lesbian TV show, One in Five, was shown on Channel 4. In um, 1988, Section 28 was introduced by Margaret Thatcher, of course. And Section 28 was an offensive offensive piece of legislation designed to prevent um, the so-called promotion, in quotation marks, of homosexuality in schools. So um, this piece of legislation basically meant people couldn't talk about um, gay stuff and uh, companies and schools were very scared to. And a lot of teachers to this day think that it's still a thing. And if you ever have a teacher that's very, like, scared to talk about it, it's you might want to mention here, Section 28 doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> Teach me about this shit, please. <laughs> In 1988, Stonewall UK also formed a response to Section 28 and other barriers to equality, and this was done with the aid of founding members such as Ian... McKellen and Michael Cashman. Uh, yeah, so Ian McKellen was a... Um, co-founder of Stonewall and actually came out as a response to Section 28. Sweet. Uh, In 1988, Denmark was also one of the first countries in the world to give legal recognition to same-sex partnerships. In 1989, the first national lesbian and gay TV series, Out on Tuesday, later renamed to Out, aired on Channel 4. It screened again subsequently in 1990, 1991, 19... In 1990, a candlelit vigil was held in London after five gay men were murdered within months of each other. This led to the formation of outrage, a call to the police to start protecting gay and bi men instead of arresting them. In 1990, lesbian and gay police officers established the first UK lesbian and gay... gay, Lesbian and gay police association. Lesbian and gay police association. In 1990, the first Pride event was held in Manchester. Uh, In 1990, Northern Ireland also held their first Pride parade. Did we mention London's first Pride? Yeah, we did that in the last time. In 1991, Sir Ian McKellen met the met the UK Prime Minister John Major for the first time, and and that was the first time any LGBT activist had actually met with a Prime Minister. And in 1992, the World Health Organization finally declassified same-sex attraction as a mental illness. And that was the start of what is now known as Ida Hobbit, which is on the day that um, a day that that happened. And Ida Hobbit is International Day Against uh, Homophobia, um, Biphobia, and Transphobia. Isn't being trans still technically seen as a mental illness in the UK? No, uh, being trans might be. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. But... I think you can get a bus pass technically for it because it's considered an illness. I'm sorry, I can't walk because I'm too trans. Yeah, dysphoria is, Which but is being yeah. trans Behind, isn't. Because the DSM-5 definition is that dysphoria isn't a mental illness. But All that's I know is I'm too to... trans to walk. Yeah. 
Sorry, Hannah. In 1992, the first Pride Festival was held in Brighton. And isn't Brighton the first place that ever held Trans Pride? To my knowledge, yes. In 1992, the UK Crown Dependency of the Isle of Man repealed sodomy laws. So homosexuality and... It was actually still legal, illegal in the Isle of Man until 1994. Fuck me. Stonewall began, began it first, its first major campaign for equal age of consent in the UK in 1992. And in 1992, British serial killer Colin Ireland was convicted of killing five gay men. And that led to a life sentence in prison. Mermaids was founded in 1995, which is a group that provides aid to trans children and their families. <laughs> right, so in 1999, employment rights were given to transgender people across the UK. This was actually before um, um, gay people had more employment rights, which came later. In 1999, Trans Day of Remembrance was founded in the US and it then later became worldwide and spread to the uk obviously and that is a day where we look at individuals who are trans who have been victims of murder and suicide and it's to bring attention to the continued violence endured by the trans community worldwide and we've got to remember that on that day the list of names that we get isn't everyone because a lot of countries still don't contribute to the um trans murder project and people who aren't out as well and like that sort of thing, yeah. I can't believe in 2000, 2000, UK government lifts bans on lesbian, gay and bi people serving in the armed forces. I can't believe it was that recent, Jesus. It was a lot later in America. I, uh, I yeah, I, America, I can, yeah, but I wasn't... Uh, in, 2000, uh, in the year 2000, uh, Section 28 was repealed in Scotland, and... Um, the duty to promote equality was brought in in Northern Ireland. In 2000, Stonewall's campaign to reduce the age of consent for same-sex relations between men to the age of 16 was successful, as changes were made to the Sexual Offences Act 2000 group. Group sex between men was also decriminalised. In 2001... um, the age of consent was equalised in England, Wales and Scotland to to 16 and in Northern Ireland to 17. And that's after years and years of um, people protesting it and trying to get it passed through Parliament. In 2002, equal rights were granted for same-sex couples applying for adoption. In two thousand and three, um, in two thousand and three, equal um, employment rights were given um, for sexual orientation across the UK. In two thousand and four, the Civil Partnership Act two thousand and four was passed, granting civil partnership rights to couples, uh, same-sex couples in England, Northern Ireland, and Wales. Which didn't come into effect until two thousand and five, by the way. Just. Yeah. And also in two thousand and four, the Gender Recognition Act. Um, was created, meaning that trans people over the age of 18 who filled certain tick boxes I could feel like... Sorry. Filled certain tick boxes could change their gender legally on their birth certificates and that would then allow them to get married as male or female or however they identify it and also um, 
it, whether they become a parent, it would affect that sort of thing. In 2006, the case of Grant v. the United Kingdom and the, Euro- the European Court of Human Rights held that denying... Um, sorry held that denying a state pension f- at the age of 60 from a male to female trans person was a breach of right to respect to private life, which it should have been. Um, also in 2005, it, um, hate crime um, against um, gay people it became an offence across the UK and in, yeah, and in 2012, it became an offence, um, hate crime became an offence against trans people as well. In 2008, gendered intelligence was founded in the United Kingdom. It's actually a notable date on Stonewall. And also, you know, camp was 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> 2008, gendered intelligence was founded to increase understanding of gender diversity. What organisation do you work for, Ethan Parker? I volunteer for GI. Mm-hmm. I like GI. They're a good organisation. In 2009, Stonewall conducted its first large-scale study of lesbians and bisexual women's health. In 2009, David Cameron apologised on behalf of uh, the Conservative Party for, um, for the introduction of Section 28 by Margaret Thatcher. Um, in 2010, the... Um, the Equality Act 2010 officially adds um, um, gender reassignment as a protect- protected characteristic. In 2013, the Marriage Same Sex Act was passed in England and Wales. This didn't come into effect until 2014. In 2013, Alan Turing was um, pardoned for his conviction of gross indecency. I remember my mum signing that petition. Which had which resulted in him being chemically castrated and, and later committed suicide. Two thousand and thirteen, the first trans pride event takes place in Brighton. I went to the fifth, um, one. I have not been to a trans pride yet, which I find shocking and, and abhorrent. There's also a trans pride in Manchester and in Leeds now. Yeah. Also, a um, another fun fact, I guess, is. I won't really call it a fun fact, it's just a fact. Um, civil partnerships and, um, have is been passed as um, it was. it's unfair for it to only be for um, same-sex couples. Yeah, I remember watching that so, case play out because I thought it was quite interesting. So um, it's now been passed that um, straight couples can um, have civil partnerships, but I'm I so find it... I'm so glad that the straights aren't being discriminated against anymore. I find it quite funny that um, basically that went through um, court really quickly and it was determined very quickly that it was in, in, in equal, whereas uh, it took forever for yeah, straight gay people was, to get married. I'm really glad that I could now get a civil partnership with Hannah. That was something I was really worried about, weren't you, Hannah? History matters because it's important to acknowledge and be thankful for every single person that walked before you that fought for your right to be here. It's important to acknowledge how far we've come as a community, even the small bits, just every small act of things slowly becoming more and more equal for people like us. I mean, it's not perfect, but every small step matters because it forms part of who we are as a community and part of our journey and part of our culture and our identity. And it's really vital to acknowledge all the steps that it took for us to get to this point. 
I agree. And also, it just kind of shows, like, what we've actually gone through, I think. Like, people don't realise, especially young queer people today, don't seem to often realise, like, how difficult it has been in the past for queer people. Yeah. Uh, is there any... I mean, my nan still says we don't have... We didn't have people like this in our days. And that just really shows you a lot about how important it is that we are now visible and we are now taken account for because my nan straight up believes that people like us didn't exist for the longest time also like in school i was taught incorrect stuff about queer stuff like i was taught um whilst in high school that um the age of consent for gay couples was still 21 where when it about changed in 2001 when yeah. i was like four or five. It's important that we educate the people in our community and around us so that they know their rights, they know where they came from, and yeah. Any queer people in history that you want to acknowledge? Ooh, that's really difficult because there are so many people who are so important, and I think it is really vital yeah. that we acknowledge people who are minorities, I think. Maybe in future we'll do one on, like, queer people throughout history. And yeah. um, I've got some resources on black queer history that we could go through, yeah. maybe. Totally, totally. Right. See you later, folks. Thanks for listening. And uh, check us out on Spotify. We're on Spotify now. I think that's pretty rad. Unless you are listening on Spotify, in which case, hi, Spotify. And also, like, um, check out our Patreon and we have a YouTube channel where we're going to start loading videos as If you well. want to see our beautiful, beautiful faces, oh, yeah. we'll whip out some videos real quick. Yeah. And... Yeah, bye. Bye. Like my sexuality, as Ethan likes to say. <laughs> I don't have balls. That's the problem, <laughs> Ethan. <laughs> <laughs>